Welcome back to another episode of Eat With Her, Don't Compete With Her, and it's your girl, Jazz. If you've been living under a rock, this is part two to my For The Culture series, Black Music Month. And I have as a special guest, Miss Angelica Smith. And this is part two. If you haven't listened to part one, go and do that. So let's go back to some lyrics. Okay. We're going to white music, Bob Dylan. All right. Uh, so, so Bob Dylan blowing in the wind, right? How many roads must a man walk down before you call him a man? How many seas must a white dove sell before she sleeps in the sand? Yes, and how many times must be cannonballs fly before they're forever banned? Mm-hmm. How does that um, tie into the Black music culture? Well, mm. the culture and what it represents for Black music, I guess, if you want. Mm-hmm. when I read these lyrics and even hearing you say them I think about tests right like how many times do I have to do this before I earn this mm. thing mm. and I think that's the story of blackness in America mm. how mm. many times do we have to show that we're loyal hardworking, capable intelligent um worthy mm-hmm. what is it that we can do to prove that to the mainstream society so they can leave us the fuck alone and mm. i don't know if there's a i don't know if that answer exists in a society or like in a in a framework was already said like blackness will never be enough it's like i don't think that that could ever exist so this this honestly translates into the conversation we have about like award shows right mm. people always talking to some black celebrities black music music artists always talking about how they they didn't win or and we as you know consumers as well of the music they didn't win or they didn't blah 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 it's like and we still seeking validation from whiteness and i get it i understand why we're doing that because that's how we that's the part of our survival white people have set it up that way for like as much as as much as they need us, they want to make it flip as though we need them, right? They want to make it look like mm. that's what we need them. And so, and we fall for it a lot of the time. And I'm not saying that to be mm. judgmental. I'm saying it like it's real. <laughs> like, don't right. nobody want to be left behind. So, of course, you do what you got to do. But I think about that as like, I guess I'm wondering when or how are Black people going to know that we're enough like Mm. do enough black people feel that in them Mm. even with this conversation I don't know if you're on Twitter or like in the social media sphere like that but there's a conversation now about like black women walking outside with bonnets on and of course that leads into a bigger conversation about respectability politics and Mm. it's like well we've seen what happens when we protest peacefully and we've seen what happens when we write and the same thing happens every for either situation so when are we going to recognize that and just do what the fuck we want and also do we have enough freedom to actually do that because we've also seen what happens when we do what the fuck we want in terms of huh. the black panther party in terms of black wall street so it's a really hard place to be in and it's a it, the the lyrics make me kind of sad because 
it feels hopeless. Like the other song felt very hopeful. Like, oh, this future, you know, we got something to look forward to. This feels very hopeless because we're already fixed. We're situated in a society that is never going to let us win. Wow, that's interesting because when I think about that, I think about the person uh, singing the song Mm -hmm. being this idea of equity versus equality, Mm -hmm. right? That he has this uh, extrinsic view of what is going on being a white man, but being bold enough to have the conversation. But then you have a double entendre because is it boldness or is it politics? You mm-hmm. know, is it boldness or is it marketing? Mm-hmm. Because then I think about Sam Cooke, who talked about in um last night in Miami about, oh my God, he he got that before me. He got to talk about the cause, the what's relevant before me. What does that say about me? Like the battle this entire song created in the time in which it was created mm-hmm. right equity versus equality like yep. if sam would have did it would it have had the same spin like because the conversational piece around it is what i'm a white man i'm saying what i can't say whether i agree or not i'm bringing the conversation to the forefront mm-hmm. so is it, it, it that that what you said like all of these are, can be a whole entire episode mm-hmm. because it has this this idea of kind of what is going on and um what are you doing about it and when you think about the thing you were bringing up about that comparison contrast and worthy and uh always looking outward for that validation that you you know want to find inward but as a black person we can't really do the inward thing as much as other people have that freedom to do because what we're living in a certain kind of world you know so that that's that's definitely um plays vital into black culture into why we move how we move Mm -hmm. um so i wanted to get to the next piece about all-time favorites we're gonna go three right jesus and that's (laughs) we gotta go three just off the gate right what are your all-time favorite rap r&b and gospel like um and i guess i was talking artist song artist song but it's it's really um up to you if you want to just go artist because that artist really slaps so you can mm-hmm. choose the song. I right, cool. Yeah, it's some the rap I I went ahead and chose because I said I can't be indecisive on all three of these. I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> but the R and B and the gospel that's hard. That's really hard. So we'll talk about it. Uh, for rap, Tupac. Tupac for sure. He's been my favorite rapper since high school. Um, when I was in high school, we did a we took the ACT in Chicago in Illinois. I should say. And I went to a college prep school. So every Wednesday from the moment you start at that school as a freshman, you're doing ACT prep to get you ready to take that test as a junior. When I was a sophomore, um, my humanities teacher, his name is Mr. Flynn. He's this bald white guy, cool as hell. He um, did what's called Tupac Appreciation Fridays. So we had his class on Fridays and he... The same, you know how when you're taking the SAT or the ACT and you have a reading passage and you have to dissect it or whatever. He did that, but with Tupac lyrics. So the same skills that he wanted us to get from 
being able to do that with the, the reading session or the reading passages for the ACT, we were doing with Tupac lyrics. And that's how I became a fan of Tupac. And I had heard his Tupac's music before, but it was like more of the like mainstream stuff. Like we was, I wasn't listening to letters from my unborn <laughs> on my own. You know what I mean? So, um, yep. I, I would say Tupac is my favorite rap artist of all time. Um, and I'm not super well versed in his whole discography. I still go back and do deep dives on albums and stuff, but until the end of time is one of those songs that just like, I'm never skipping it when it come in my shuffle. And, um, I know I heard like, it's like, why it's just such a raw and vulnerable space that he was in and it's a posthumous album. So that album was released in 2001. Obviously we know Tupac was dead by then. So this is like a, these are things, this is content that he had recorded and never released but we Tupac and his prophetic nature really comes out in this because he's talking about like you know when I die blah 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 and it's just like damn you really knew that that was going to happen so I think it's a it's a sad reminder that he felt that but it's also just for me it just showed a different side to him because when I was introduced to Tupac it was very the party like California love and I get around and hit him up like it was more hip-hop like I don't know like the beef with Biggie and shit so to see a more vulnerable side to him that didn't necessarily impact other people because Brenda's Got a Baby is also a very raw song like whoa <laughs> what the fuck and it's very real but to hear him talking about himself in that way it just did something I don't know as a teenager it just was very riveting to me and I think it's because I'm also trying to be figure out how to be vulnerable with myself because after we moved to Chicago and I think I talked about this on the pod with Tiffany it was just very hard to to not have up a, a wall because people don't accept you when people don't accept you for who you are you feel like you have to conform to what they want you to be and because nobody wants to feel like they're not accepted and as a kid at seven years old you don't have the wherewithal to know well fuck them like I'll just get it on my own like you want that you're longing for that so from seven to 18 you know I'm trying to figure that out and Tupac just him doing that and him talking about his life in that way on this song it just reminds me that that's always been a side that I've had to me is that vulnerability and that wanting that openness to love and, and feeling that I low key still be needing to be reminded of today because I'm on that journey of like figuring out vulnerability. But what I was saying was it's funny that you say that because you see Tupac right there. Mm -hmm. That's legit. And you see Tupac right here. Like he is mm -hmm. a very present <laughs> Uh, like he has been, it's funny in a high school, I want to say sophomore year, we basketball, we playing basketball, whatever. And my, you know, remember when you had the songs for the ringtones? <laughs> oh yeah. And, and, That's why when you said the razor, razor, I'm sitting here thinking about, damn, what was my ringtones on my razor? <laughs> <laughs> it was your ringtone, right? My sister did that the other day. I was like, look, you trapped, you trapped in the mold time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I had change as my, my ringtone. Mm -hmm. And it was like, yo, what type? Why would like you got people thinking as they you know what I'm saying like that's mm -hmm. that's quite the ring talk it's like yo that's just how I be feeling on like mm -hmm. on my Tupac like he he he's different he hit different so yeah I get that so you said you had a hard time though when it comes you had that's a dope story too like oh, how you. you came into your understanding of Tupac like mm -hmm. that and it's interesting we go back to a Bob Dylan situation where the white man helped to shape your black culture. Mm -hmm. and your relativeness to certain cultural components that's mm -hmm. interesting 
That's very interesting. But what were you, uh, you said you had a hard time with the R&B and the gospel. Yeah, because so, R&B is actually my favorite genre and we know R&B comes from gospel. So correct. it's also, you know, it's very difficult to pick, but um, yeah, I can't pick an R&B artist. There's no way, there's no way now. Um, kind of in line with the, the reminder that I was saying like about vulnerability and needing to feel that with Tupac, I feel that I chose Let It Burn by Jasmine Sullivan is probably one of my favorite R&B songs of all time because she is literally talking about when you feel that shit, you can't run from it. Like you have to be in the moment with it. And that is the message that I'm needing to consistently tell myself right now, because again, like we talked about earlier, when you're used to shit going bad, you will self-sabotage. Your brain will tell you, this is like all the other times. So you need to act like all the other times and you hmm. will miss out on some shit that was meant for you to understand what love and positivity is supposed to look like finally. So not only is this a dope sample, um, what is it ready or not after seven also connection to Indiana <laughs> because that group started at Indiana university, which is my alma mater. So I have a, a personal connection to that. Um, but also I love sample work. So I'll talk a little bit later about my mixtape, but it's full of, it's going to be full of samples. So nice. not only is jazz, not only did Jasmine and her production team do an excellent job with the sample. So sonically it's a beautiful song. The messaging in it is just like, Oh, I'm like, you want I want to I want to run from the song but she but she's so talented and and when we talk about R&B I think about vocalists and Jasmine's up there for me like I know she doesn't have the package that a lot of these other R&B girls have but, but wait she, but wait she came through this like oh, she surprised sure. the whole all of them Did. all of the all of the doubters from the content to the look and I'm glad she shut them the hell up because she's been in rotation for a long time for a long time so yeah let it burn by Jasmine if you haven't listened to that song I'm sure everybody's heard it but Mm -hmm. if you haven't and you just yeah (laughs) it's I already know I'm gonna ask you for a few playlists I already know I'm gonna be like listen listen like got you it's the way you listen like I don't like when people Okay, I watch TV, right? But I don't watch it necessarily for for the drama all the time as much as, yo, how was it written? How was it yep. put together? Like, like yep. why am I predicting what's going on and things like that? So yeah. just thinking about how you listen to the music, that matters. That matters a lot. Mm-hmm. That definitely matters a lot. And it's funny. Uh, who were you say, why you say you wouldn't pick Kirk Franklin? For <laughs> that's, that's funny so, you say that. That's, that's so badass. <laughs> No, but it's funny I feel like that's just everybody's people, answer. Said, no, but listen, I told people, I said, listen, Kirk Franklin and Tupac raised me respectfully. Like mm-hmm. they they raised me. Like if you gotta try to because it was a time where um my stepfather used to say how Kirk Franklin was gonna go to hell because he wasn't first of all, he was all but not even singing. Like, how he going to hell for all but not even singing? He mm-hmm. not even sing, like, yeah, he put the songs together, whatever, and and, and he's a genius on that. It still let's be very clear. But just have that understanding that he was able to relate to a generation of people who a lot of gospel artists weren't connected to. He said, yep. okay, to the Kiki's 
and the Todd Dillons to break mm-hmm. up the monotony of what gospel looked like. So I, I, yeah. mean, I always give kudos to him. But who who you got? I know you said you was, it was hard. And this song you chose, that's a song, I mean, girl. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's I, a song. Uh, I, don't get me wrong. I love Kirk Franklin. I just feel like if you ask anybody who their favorite gospel artist is, the answer probably going to be Kirk. Kirk going to be somewhere in there. Unless they are real. I'll, okay, let me, let me choose my words carefully. Um, depending on the denomination and how deep mm. they are in the church, because mm-hmm. Ricky Diller could easily be in that conversation. Um, right. uh, why am I blanking right now? Uh, Fred Hammond obviously could easily be in that conversation. Yeah. I think that's a peer of Kirk Franklin's. But I love all that. I have a gospel playlist as well, and it ain't no skips on there. So, mm, no skips. Like, uh, but the song <laughs> I chose, <laughs> the song I chose is the anthem by Todd Delaney. And Todd is a, I, it's definitely gospel, but it's more like the Christian music type mm-hmm. of gospel that he, the music that he makes, which I like it sometimes. And sometimes it's not my thing. I'm, I was raised in a Baptist church, so I, I like what I like. But this mm-hmm. song in particular is about um, Jesus basically being resurrected. So, you know, the time that we celebrate around this time of year, Easter, but mm-hmm. the messaging and what I wrote about why this song is my favorite, the messaging is replicable whether it's Easter or not, or whether it's Resurrection Sunday oh, or right. not. And it, I, I said, like, it, it's an empowering message and it transcends the time period that it was written for in terms of describing what was going on. But when you think about, like, be, by his stripes, we are healed, that message, mm-hmm. that, yes. any day of the year yes like and and being able to remember that and know that in yourself is what makes us believers so Uh I just really um I love that song also very sonically pleasing like the way that very it's one of those I don't know when we talk about a song that holds you yeah I just be like soul like I get this every time I hear five minute one and you know you you ain't you don't gotta worry about it cutting off like it's really and I think it got a um reprise right if I'm not mistaken yes on the album yeah. I do yeah yeah so that that really be hitting. Mm-hmm. Really and be I did hitting. my I did my little Todd Delaney deep dive because I was I that was my introduction to him and he has a lot of bops but that's the one that's the one for yeah. me I like I can listen to that song right now like four or five times in a row and it's funny because um when you think about you're talking about like depending on who you are and how you was raised and what type of denomination sometimes plays a role into the gospel that you listen to Mm-hmm. Uh, I try to make sure that wasn't limiting for me and yep. one of my favorites has to be Jonathan McReynolds yeah and he's pure that's mm-hmm. how I feel about him like like he don't come from a place of let me talk about like I, I remember one of my friends said the way she would describe gospel music versus Christian music mm-hmm. she said gospel music is about us it's about me 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 and while Christian music oftentimes focus on God or what we can do for someone else mm-hmm. and I was like that's a that's an interesting that's way of interesting. describing it, it like, is. like you know what yeah. I mean it makes you really and then when you stop and you think about the lyrics of songs like that you can be like mm, that's kind of right like mm-hmm. bless me do for me I you know what I'm saying like the wording and things mm-hmm. like that um so mm-hmm. I, I definitely think about Jonathan McReynolds being at the forefront of what matters to me um I got to see musically him. in terms of pure you I did? got to see him in person yeah he uh I go to a church out here in Indy called Eastern Star and it's like it's 
people call it a mega church, but like I've been to like a really big mega church. I feel like it's a large church. It's definitely larger than what I grew up in, but it's, I don't think it's a mega church, but it's like, it definitely has a network. So there's several okay. campuses here. And I went, one, it was him and Smokey Norfolk. They came um, and, and performed at the, at the church. for Smokey is, what's the name's right? pastor? Smokey is uh, Todd Delaney's pastor. Yeah, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't know who Jonathan was and he played the, oh my gosh, what's the name of it? It's his single. Uh, no, or people, God people. is great. People, oh, people, people. Yep. And he, he did people. Church. He said the church. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was right before the pandemic happened. It had to be February of last year. Um, wow. And that was, that's, that's the only reason I know who that man is, but he, they, wow. they did a great job. They rocked it. Yeah. That's yeah, He just, I would describe him as pure. And it's funny because he transcends as well. Like my mother-in-law is 73 years old. Uh-huh. And she said, she was like, I don't know what it is, but it's just something different about how, how he conveys his message. Yeah. And I think that matters a lot. Um, so I just wanted to get into like epic fails and stuff. Like when we talk about like music and, okay, so I'll directly ask you, do you separate the music, right? The artist, uh, let's say the black artist from their faults or their deeds or whatever the case may be and doesn't matter if they're a black artist whether uh um a non-black artist do you hold them at different standards to whatever it is that they do okay for instance the Kanye West's versus the R. Mm-hmm. Kelly's yeah I was gonna say um when it comes to separating artists from their music I don't think that I ever separate but I'm very careful with what I continue to support because at the at the crux of it all, these people only have a platform because of their talent. So we can't forget that. And in R. Kelly's case, it's like an absolute hell no. Everything got deleted. And this is coming from literally, I feel like they was taking R. Kelly albums and pulling out the content yeah. and like yeah. needles and shit and injecting it yeah. into the Chicago yeah. youth because we all know how to step. We all wow. know how to, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like R. Kelly was going to be played at my wedding type shit. Like stepping right, in the right, club. Right. That's, that's a, that's, we talking about culture. Class. That's culture. <laughs> and yeah. he's not, obviously he didn't invent stepping, but he took it and, right. and took that Chicago yeah, scene and made it mainstream. Mm-hmm. So it's unfortunate that, the shit played out the way that it did but that's somebody that I can't separate I can't say well yeah he did that thing but this music still slaps because I know for a fact that the only reason he was able to even continue to be successful in the wrongdoing that he had was because he was making that music and not to mention some of that music is now very creepy to listen to because I know what the fuck he was talking about and as a woman back to your point your point earlier that says that like protective and his creativity was almost being pimped yeah like they were as long as you could sing and dance you're good yeah as long so as you can I, dance around us so and, even, sorry, and then, then don't get me started on the whole Aaliyah thing like it, it makes listening to some of her music mm. difficult because it's like you were a baby yeah and yeah, you yeah. were being taken advantage you know so I just yeah. that is when I'm, I'm happy to let it go I don't have no you know what I mean I don't have no feelings about that now Kanye West I think it's a different story for me and people you be like, we well, pick and choose how, because Kanye West is out here. Kanye West endorsed Trump. Mm-hmm. And obviously we know Trump is against 
black lives, queer lives, right. <laughs> women's lives, Every anybody lives. that's not a white man, <laughs> right. poor lives, all of those things. Mm-hmm. And Kanye West endorsed him. And I also feel like that is an opinion mm. that he had. I think R. Kelly could have had an opinion that said, you know, men being with underage girls ain't all that bad. I'm, and if he had never done those things, people would right. still be listening to his music. Right. If that's, and and people still are. Cut him off in the first place. Right. Yeah. But he went the step further and did the action. Right. And that was very harmful to a lot of people. I think the harm that Kanye puts out is perhaps misinformation about certain things. And I say perhaps because I really don't keep up with that shit that he be talking about. I don't right. know. But it can be misleading for people who follow him and have such a strong, like he has a very strong hold on a certain, you know, portion of the population. But we could say the same about T.I., right? Like when all that shit, when the riots started happening and he down there talking about oh, Atlanta is Wakanda. I'm like, some of y'all just need to shut the fuck up. Like <laughs> you have a platform and you do what you do and you're successful right. because you make music, because you are, you are actor, because you a songwriter, whatever, do that shit. But when it comes mm-hmm. to like socio-political context, some of y'all ain't got it. And so right. you don't need to be speaking on it because people look to you and yeah. now are, they'll follow it. They'll follow it. It's law. But it's I think law, that man. that's a lot less harmful <laughs> Right. No, I get what you're saying, but I can also get how if you were in an argument, people kind of try to say you're picking and you're choosing. Oh, yeah. But the funny thing is, I heard this particular argument that shifted the way I think. We talked about the R. Kelly, Bill uh, Cosby versus the Kanye type of just throwing that all in there mm-hmm. and just having this conversation about do we separate it from their content and things of that nature. And when it came to Kanye, they brought up one word that it shifted everything. They said mental health. Mm-hmm. And it's almost as if when they said it, I felt like I had to humble myself. Like, yo, you judging him. Mm-hmm. He not all the way there. Yeah. Like, and when you, like, you, not to justify, right? Because that's what people are, are going to say. Mm-hmm. But like, realistically speaking, like he's like the closest people around him have said, he not all the way there. It's been a while since he's been all the way there. Yeah. So, but when I think about it, I think like, stop judging him. That's that's how I kind of convey the messages. Like, stop judging him. Mm-hmm. Like, he not there. Like, would you judge? Because when Kid Cudi uh, came oh, out and his mental health, when Eminem comes out and talks, it's a different right, story. Right. It's very right. different. Like, but oh, he people received really, so Kanye. He's not here. People receive Kanye very differently than they received other people who come out and talk about that. That is a fact. Yeah. Yeah. So they he he helped shift kind of my thinking mm-hmm. on just how to to convey a message. You know what I mean in terms yeah. of like how to. But even opinion, still, I, I didn't separate the fact that Kanye said that from his music. I mm-hmm. listen to I I make a choice to to keep right. listening to it, knowing that he did that. So it's still not like you said, can I separate it? And I can't. If I know, it's like when you know, you can't unknow, right? Mm -hmm. So I know that is a thing. I made a choice to do that because I feel like for me personally, the impact is just not as strong as if I were to continue to support somebody like R. Kelly. And honestly, Chris Brown has made his way into this conversation too because Mm. of the shit that went down with Rihanna. And obviously that was so long ago, damn near uh, 
that was over 10 years ago at this point. But a lot of people, a lot of women that I know because of the shit that happened there and then the way that he conducted himself with Karuchi, they don't fuck with Chris Brown. And a lot of people wow. are upset about that. They're like, why can't Chris Brown just get the credit he deserved? Because Chris Brown got some red in his legend. And people want to hmm. act like that shit didn't happen. And mm-hmm. that's not, it's still part of the story, right? So am I, did I make the personal choice to cancel Chris Brown? No, but I, he ain't all the way, you know, and who is, right? Ain't nobody perfect, but right, right. I don't know. It's just a very, when it comes to, and, and R. Kelly hit different too, because when I, when that shit was going down, I was there. Like mm. when they were talking, the sex tapes and shit, they were floating around in my school. Mm. So that was, it was very, it, it was, was very home. personal. It was, it, it was home. home. Yeah. It was literally in the backyard. It's how he was pulling up to yeah. Kenwood. I grew up down the street from Kenwood. So it could have been any of us, you right. know, like I have, I know people who were like, no R. Kelly, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's very, it's just a very yeah. different thing for me. And I think sometimes people be like, but you in Chicago and how you, I'm like, eh. <laughs> right it's integrity too like and? let's be clear about my humanity and yeah. my, and I, my representation as a woman and with Kanye West being a Chicago I think that it strengthens my argument because it's like I don't have loyalty just because we from the same place or I don't I'm not going to write somebody off just because we from the same place it's like a mm. it, it really is circumstantial so I don't know that's just me though some people some people will probably disagree but that's how I've made meaning of it in my head no, nah, I get that. I get that. And I think it's all personal. Like, I think culturally we did this whole cancel culture for a while. You know what I mean? And if you don't go to Starbucks, I can't go to Starbucks and or I ain't black enough. You know what I mean? Like, it's just let people formulate their opinion, not based upon, because this is not a cultural compacting moment. Like, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like they didn't put us into slavery and you decided that you, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's, it's not culturally compacting in in, in terms of like, changing our existence mm-hmm. so let me form my opinion based upon what I, I get to get what I gather you know what I'm saying what 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 relates to me on a on a more personal level so I, yeah. I do understand that and I I wish you I, I get it mm-hmm. so when we talk about black music you know I, we're coming to our last points and um don't worry you guys we, I'm gonna leave you with all of her information so that <laughs> when things drop and when that podcast drops that y'all are not um unaware of where you can find her how you can keep in contact with her all of that but I do want you guys to know a little bit about a little bit more about um Angelica the artist and um what who who she is as an artist right like Mm -hmm. a lot of times you know I don't want her to blow up tomorrow and be like I never asked her appropriate questions about (laughs) like you know say like you had her on now you can't get her like publicists ain't letting you in like so oh, I just want to make sure that I ask you the appropriate questions about you as an artist. Cause I like, I, I see a lot of interviews, you know, Charlotte made them hit with interviews and things, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's certain questions I'll be like, ah, if I did it, I wanted to ask this, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I, I do want to know like, how would you describe who you are as an artist? Mm-hmm. And when you go down, um, when you use uh, your CTA, your call to action for mm-hmm. the audience and you talk about your, your plugs and everything you got going on talk to us a little bit down here about your title of the mixtape and why you chose Ooh, that okay. i'm really i'm really i'm always I ain't talked I'm about always, that publicly yet, i'm so always that's fun. here with it like when it comes to the titles it's like you gotta understand why like people got four letter 
three three acronyms and you never even asked them what that's about right. like i had the, the the best i heard the best story from um jill scott when um what's his name when charlamagne the guy asked her about why she titled her woman album woman and that mm-hmm. story behind that is just it's 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 dope it's really okay. dope so i do, well, I do want to know that when you, when you get to that at the bottom i don't happy know to talk about it that. i'm happy but, to talk about uh, it. right here tell us a little bit about you as an artist okay so this is the thing um on clubhouse on twitter in my bio it literally says like sometimey rapper sometimey and i think my my artist tagline is gonna be all right when i feel like it because again mm when I push it out, it's because I had a burst of inspiration, but I don't feel that way all the time. And even with me going to this open mic on Sunday, I was like, in that moment, I felt that, but now I'm sitting back here again. And I'm like, I got so much shit on my mind that I just don't, I don't feel that way. And I can, I can try to sit myself down and write some shit out, Uh but that's not my best stuff. So me as an artist is like, I don't want to say flaky or flip floppy, but I do shit when I feel like doing it. And I think that that's just, that's the that's essence of, of of who I am in, in any regard. I don't do shit that I don't like to do. Um, that's funny a, you say that. Toni Morrison was like that. Yeah, I had a cousin. If you read about her, her writing, her writing style wasn't. Because uh, I guess back in the day, publishers wasn't the same like they is now. Like mm-hmm. you gotta have it by February fourteenth. She was like, "Nah, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get it done if I have a date, but I'm not gonna put that next date next month and things like mm-hmm. that." Like she that process and her stuff was rich so I get that I just yeah to <laughs> yeah I I had a cousin that passed away last fall and she was 41 and she lived a great life like it was it's still you know heartbreaking that she's not here with us anymore but after she died I was like shit life is really too short to do stuff that you don't want to do 41 bro I'm mm-hmm. closer to 41 mm-hmm. than I am to zero so right <laughs> I'm like nah I'm about to I'm about to do what I want to do so I say um that's how that's my approach and my style I like concepts. And when I tell you about the the title of the work, it'll come through a little clearer. But even with me getting back into writing music, I started writing because I'm a Delta and we were having our Delta anniversary. We were celebrating five years in Delta and I felt inspired to write a rap about it. And then I did and I wow. put it on social media and niggas was like, damn, this is cool. And it was just a little 16, like it was nothing too deep. And then the next year came, which was last year, 2020, and the concept, I get motivated by writing by by writing for concepts. So it's 19 of us on my line. It's technically 18, but there's a story behind that as well. Um, that's probably not what a lot of motherfuckers are thinking. Please don't try me. But um, <laughs> it's 19 of us. And obviously, we all have our own line names. So our Delta anniversary is fe- or April 22nd. Mm-hmm. On April 21st, <laughs> my line sisters hit me up like, so you finna write a rap for us? Like, what's going on? And I'm just sitting on my couch not thinking nothing of it. And so I'm like, damn, I just need a concept and I can probably figure this shit out. And I said, what if I put everybody's line name in this rap that I do? Well, obviously, I'm talking about us celebrating six years in Delta and how dope we are and shit. But what if I made it so that everybody's name is in this song? And that's what motivated me to write. I cranked that song out in two hours. And so I'm a very conceptual person. Like if I have a concept that I'm like, this is different or I really rock with this, I'm going to do it. Um, In terms of like my music style, I'm a very smooth person. Like in like I don't like a lot of 
competing noises. I like shit mm-hmm. to be very harmonious and melodic. So a lot of my beats and stuff, when I'm trying to figure that out, I just want it to be like that. And then the other piece of it is like, I like, I like telling a story. I like taking the artist with me. And that's probably because I used to write like short stories and poems and things like that. Imagery is really big for me. So to be able to take the, or to take the listener with me to see what I see is really important. That makes sense. And I, um, I think that most artists can't tell who they are. Mm. Like people, people don't know who the heck they are, let alone, you know, artists kind of take you through the journey of who they are and why they got into it in the first place. Mm-hmm. And like having that, that surety, that defining, like, this is me. I'm okay with this being me. I'm okay with it not looking like, you know, trap music next door or uh slow jams on the other side like mm-hmm. just that understanding i feel like that that authenticity makes um makes it okay for people to appreciate you as an artist i like to hear that you, that you know what story. and i, I love that thank you and i think that now that you say that that's probably why my pause has been so long on writing because mm-hmm. i did a cypher back in march and people loved it. And it's going to go on my mixtape like that, that particular song that I did. But a lot of people were saying it sounded like Megan. And I never want for that to be the case of like, I guess I should say if I, if one day I sound like Megan, the next day I want to sound like Kanye or the next day I want to sound like Eve or the next day I want to sound like Common. Like, I don't want anybody to draw it back to just one person. But when you get inspired by somebody, right. even, like let's talk about accents, right? I've lived in Indiana for about close to 10 years. So sometimes when I'm around them, I sound like them because I'm emulating what I'm getting. But when I go back mm. home, my Chicago accent comes out real thick. That adaptation. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. so I have to, I think the pause has been there because I, I heard that feedback and I was like, damn, I got to figure out what my sound is because that ain't cool. I know what I like to write about and I know what I like, mm. like what I want people to feel, but I don't want to mm. sound like anybody else all the time. If it, maybe right. you do draw right. a little bit. Maybe you do draw a little bit from this person, but I wanted to make sure that, that people can just bring it back to me at the end of the day. Right. Because I think our true artistry has uh, influence without imitation. Yes. And yes. It's going back over and over to, oh, Meg, 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 that's an imitation of Meg rather than being in. She has influence on my, my work. Right. And, um, and it becomes you become a a curator of 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 great you know content mm-hmm. rather than a um a duplicator of it yeah and that's not what i want to do so i'm trying and to I figure that. that out now and that's artistry all around mm-hmm. i was having a conversation with the you know, i said the young man from chicago and he lives in indiana is exactly about the idea that i looked at his art cuz he does art and it wasn't he he's a painter it was not imitation by any stretch of the imagination like it was his own it was unique and you can see influences like I hear music and I'm like oh that's Donny Hathaway mm-hmm. but I don't hear Donny Hathaway yeah so, so artistry in general has this keen ability but the the, the, the funny the, what I love the most is about black culture is that black culture has this keen ability to grab you know, I'll grab from the recipe that this person, you know, had, but I'm gonna put Jasmine on it. 
Yep. I'm allowed Jasmine to be at the essence of what you, you taste here. Mm-hmm. Right. I'm a grab from that musical style, but you will not hear that person. You will hear influences of. And yeah. that's what black culture has done so many times, time and mm-hmm. time again, just being able to um, stay within the realm of who we are without uh, solely becoming it again, because that's the difference between black culture and other cultures. Oh, that yeah. We're going to constantly influence each other, but we're not going to become each other. Like yeah. We're going to keep creating uh, great versions of who we authentically are. Yeah, so you guys, I am wrapping it up with that. Um, I am going to end it with um, Angelica giving you guys, leaving you her offers, her businesses, her, um, don't worry if you don't catch it because I'm going to put it in the show notes um, and definitely leave you guys with a call to action regarding what we spoke about today. And I think this is a very important conversation, a very important conversation um, to understand black culture from a more realistic and relevant uh, standpoint. We're not having enough of these conversations. So while time this comes out, her um, podcast will be out, and I will mm-hmm. make sure to leave that in the show notes as well because I need, oh, thank you, need to support each other. We definitely need to, you know, be able to not just have a title, cute title for something, right? Eat with her, don't compete with her, without actually eating with her and not mm-hmm. competing with her. Like yep. to share in this process, to share in this culture, to to share in this awareness, um, so that we can continue to move it forward. And mm-hmm. that is about, you know just about the last of that you're here from me. So Angelica, tell us a little bit about <laughs> what it is that you have going on um, and definitely leave our audience with a closing quote, uh, line, bar, or call to action. Okay. Um, so I already talked about both of these shows, but the Black Av Pod is, is the show that I'm currently on. We just uh, recorded our ninth episode of, the se- of our first season last night. Um, and so you can find that on social media at the black blk av like avenue um and we just be we just be shooting the shits you know show us some love we all based in indiana but none of us are from indianapolis um so it's cool that we all ended up here and we all went to iu together but we we ended up in the city and we just um or i guess we should say i guess i should say we're doing it in the creative scene of the city but none of us are from here so it's interesting to put our put our like you were just saying put your spin on some shit and, and just do things differently or show what you have to offer in a different environment the other show um that's my show my baby is coming out may 31st it's called uh it's the bars for me and like i said it is a um it's gonna be a i say critical analysis but i feel like that might be a little intimidating for people we gonna be talking about <laughs> rapping hip-hop from black women's perspectives and that's so important to me because taking up space is important to me especially in uh arenas where that hasn't typically been the case and so hip-hop and rap is a very male dominated industry um and we have obviously we know we have female rappers um but we don't have a lot of women talking about it and at least not publicly. So, um, you know, we look to like Angie Martinez and people who are, who are doing that type of work as, as the pioneers of this, but I want to bring it down to more of a local level and just, you know, bring my sisters in. So jazz, you already know, I'm going to be looking at you to come in when we talk about DMX. (laughs) Of course, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. So y'all can find that. Uh, I have not posted a damn thing on that page. Uh, we really, I'm, I'm really just <laughs> taking it day by day. 
uh, and just trying to not be perfect with that because that is some that's a challenge. That's one of my call to actions to myself is to just do the that's shit. Great. It don't got to it don't got to be perfect. So ain't no you post up yet. Something good there. You yeah. Something good. Thank you. That perfectionism is it's a, hard to get away from when you're yeah and it's a characteristic of whiteness and i'm trying to get away from that shit period so that <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, you could follow us uh, uh for that at it's the bars for me um and that's going to be on instagram and twitter the black app information is also on instagram and twitter and you'll be able to find both of these shows on apple Podcasts, um spotify google Podcasts. And I believe the Black Ab is also on SoundCloud. My podcast will not be on SoundCloud because they're doing too much. But it will be on the other three. Um, my own personal social media is at Jails on Purpose. And that actually flows very well into my quote. Um, but you can follow me at Jails, J-E-L-L-S, on purpose. It's all one. It's all put together. Uh, and on there, on Twitter, you're going to see my opinions about all things Black activists funny shit you know whatever's going on in the world current events wellness all of those different things on instagram i'm more active on my story than i am my page but i post from you know as i start the podcast up and stuff i'll definitely be posting more on there as well um and the thing that i want to leave people with uh the first thing the quote you got to forgive me because i don't remember who said this but i heard this at a um summer retreat that I was a part of in 2019 in Nashville. It's <laughs> so crazy that shit just keep That's going wild. back we to don't Nashville. Have to take a trip to Nashville. Yeah. I ain't even gonna lie to you. Oh God. Hot chicken. I'm not even. Oh, I ain't Hattie B's. Like, oh my. That, I had a. Oh. No, nah, we ain't gonna talk. We gonna have to talk <laughs> offline. We gonna talk <laughs> offline. But um, I was at a. I was at a like. What's it, what did I just call? It was like a retreat, a work retreat, basically for some work I was doing. Um for a higher ed association and our chair at the time we were talking about like our mission and values and everything and our chair at the time was talking about why we do what we do and purpose and purpose is big to me as obviously my instagram name is jails on purpose um i was born on december 30th that is nia and kwanzaa nia means purpose so it all ties back into like uh. just how i situate myself in that the quote is when a purpose of a thing is unknown that thing will inevitably fail. And I think that wow. that takes us back to, and it might've been, it might've been disintegrate. I don't know if fail was the actual word, but it's something along them lines of that shit ain't gonna work out. I think it takes us back to why understanding black culture is so important because that's our story where we come from. That's our purpose. Like that purpose was survival and to not know that is to take advantage of it or to disregard it as something that is not. And I don't know. I just think in my own personal ventures, I think about like, what, why am I doing this? Why is my favorite word in the English language? Like, why am I doing this? What is the purpose for this? So that's the quote. And the charge that I would leave people with is, I, it's, it's hard because it feels very cliche, but always mm -hmm. grow, like always be ready to learn, always be growing. Like you're, you have to be teachable in this life because even though, we were situated in school and it was very like you it's a clear it looks like a one directional thing that's happening in terms of the teachers teaching the students and the students are learning from the teacher is mm -hmm. learning is very cyclical and I learned that when I left school and was 
you know, having conversations with people younger than me or people who didn't have as much credentials as me. And I'm like, how I'm still learning shit from them? Because our brains aren't wired to think that that is what's supposed to happen. That power structure is there for a reason. So I would just say always be teachable. And then also to do what you got to do to get back to your authentic self. Like authenticity and growth are my top two personal values. And I take them with me everywhere I go because if we talking about wellness and we talking about survival, we can't do that if we're pretending to be something that we're not, or if we're continuously living up to other people's expectations of us. So whatever you got to do to maintain that authenticity, whether it be being an artist or, you know, going back to school to do what you really want to do, which is what I'm going through right now, <laughs> whatever you have to do to maintain that, just protect that at all costs. Cause that's what you got. Mm-hmm. It's yours. Wow. I love that. Well, I want that quote again. I feel like I didn't catch it. Like, when the purpose, and I think I know who said it. Yeah, I'm gonna have to Google it. But <laughs> when the purpose of a thing is unknown, that thing is something like it's destined to fail. Or is it Miles Monroe? I don't know. I the really don't. I, I couldn't <laughs> the tell. The reason you. why I said that is because he said it a different way. He said the mm-hmm. purpose. If the purpose of a thing is unknown, abuse is inevitable yes that's it's what mouth. it was <laughs> <It's mouth. laughs> not that I just made not that I just made uh, the whole thing but nah, I, nah, you all good. it was it I don't think that what the one I heard was exactly that but yes it is that same that same vein of like you leaving when you don't have that purpose you don't have that shield of protection it's not impenetrable and you yeah. need your shit to be impenetrable so yep know your purpose yep. and, and, and move in that because that goes back to what you were saying earlier you, you yep. it's funny because everything we said in this episode has been said in this episode <laughs> new under the sun. and yeah. you were literally saying like you do the self-sabotage we, mm-hmm. we shoot ourselves in the foot for um the unknown the the idea of not really going back and getting it that that idea of learning so I think that matters a lot in, in our discussion today. That matters a lot in just understanding culture from a, an appreciation standpoint, a, a historical student standpoint, mm-hmm. a, 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 a muse, a sponge standpoint, a, a, a unique, peculiar standpoint, just, just being there. So yeah, again, uh, Angelica, I can't thank you enough. This was great. Um, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate you sharing your wisdom and knowledge. Please understand, you guys, that wisdom and knowledge does not come in the any shape, form, age, or anything like that. And when you see a person and you connect with a person, don't run away from the connection and mm-hmm. don't run away from the idea of being able to learn from them. Um, I did want to leave you with that. And um, again, you guys, you have just tuned into another episode of <laughs> with her don't compete with her and if you haven't done so already please subscribe uh so that you are getting our content as it comes out very relevant content to our times and if this is your first time coming into the show leave us review or a rating and i'll be happy to read it and if you are returning come on now why haven't you subscribed already? i'm waiting <laughs> on you. I'm building this community okay tell your friends your friends your family and your friends And again, this was Eat With Her, Don't Compete With Her with Jasmine and Angelica. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.